0: slash weight loss
1: hey hey waffle gang I do hope you're well my name is mark and today we're checking out some more relationship stories and if you do love a reddit story why not consider hitting that like subscribe and maybe that notification bell too and let's crack on with today's first story which comes from square indication 29 and says my stepdaughter ran away from the birthday party I threw for her. I, 35 female, have been married for 7 years to my husband, 45 male. Who is a single father to my stepdaughter, Lucy, 15 female. Also, I have a son from a previous relationship, Toby, 10 male. In these 7 years, Lucy never recognized us as family. And when she introduces us, we are dad's wife and dad's wife's son. Birthdays are very important to me. Ever since Toby was born, I've thrown giant birthday parties for him. That didn't change after I married, my husband and I thought about doing it for Lucy as well, but she refused. She refuses every year, and everything related to her birthday is banned from the house. She is turning 15 this year, I decided to throw her a surprise party. We organized it with Toby, invitations to her classmates, family and close friends, games, karaoke, catering and decorations. Not even my husband knew. I took the day off from work and Toby skipped school to fix everything. At night, my husband and Lucy arrived. They had dinner alone for her birthday and we yelled, surprise! They didn't look happy, but I assumed it was because of the surprise. My husband didn't say anything to me and Lucy disappeared almost immediately. I assumed to go talk to her friends. The party was amazing. Everyone had fun. The games were a hit and overall, I had a great time. When bringing the cake to sing Happy Birthday, I called for Lucy, but she wasn't in the party. We looked for her around the house, but she wasn't there. And neither was my husband. After half an hour of trying to call them both on their cell phones, the mood got ruined and everyone left. The two returned after midnight and didn't feel guilty about leaving. I immediately asked them why they left. Lucy didn't say anything and went to a bedroom and my husband told me to calm down. He explained that Lucy wasn't feeling well so they went to the beach. I scolded him for not telling me but he just shrugged and said, you were too busy enjoying the party to notice and went to sleep. I don't understand why they both disrespected me like that, I invested a lot of time and money in the party and they haven't even apologized for leaving, it's been 3 days and the two act as if nothing happened. When I try to talk about it, Lucy looks at me like I'm crazy and my husband doesn't call her out on it, I'm tired of her indifference. threatened my husband to take toby and leave if they didn't open about it but he surprise shrugged and told me to calm down i love them both but this party disaster has made me believe it's not reciprocated and i'm seriously considering getting a divorce now this one feels like a pretty simple one to me is that she told you she doesn't like parties she didn't want one but you decided to throw a surprise party and to me it just felt like it was more about you than her because you Birthdays are really important to you, but I suck at golf says you are totally in the wrong here. You knew she only wanted to celebrate with her dad. You may want to see her as family, but she doesn't see you as family, and you can't force that on someone. You should really apologize to her, and also, you did this for you, not for her. Opie responds saying, I really thought a big gesture would make her get closer to us and want to celebrate as a family from now on. Lucy has said she wants to go to college in another state, and I'm afraid she'll never come back. Girl in red costume says in quotes, I scolded him for not telling me, but he just shrugged and said you were too busy enjoying the party to notice and went to sleep. He goes on to say, Well, he nailed it. It was never about their enjoyment since you knew she didn't want a party. It was about yours since you like throwing parties so much. I bet you knew your husband wouldn't be okay with it. That's why you didn't share your plans with him. You're a grown woman. Do better. Aggravating patience says, OP, you threw the party for yourself, not your stepdaughter. She is not obliged to enjoy the party just because you went to all the effort of arranging it. Apologize genuinely and admit you made a massive mistake by not telling your husband of your plans. He would have told you it wouldn't be appreciated. Heck, I could see from your first paragraph. You had a great time and so did the guests. Lucy also had a good time at the beach with her dad. You were so wrapped up in your own pleasure you didn't even notice she was there. Now start to pay attention to where else you stomp over Lucy's boundaries and your relationship may start to recover. Or maybe it's the last straw for your husband too." Opie responded saying, I thought she had that attitude towards birthday parties because she never had a special one. And since my husband would never do something like that, I decided to do it myself. In my culture, turning 15 is very important. There were almost 100 people at the party and I figured Lucy wouldn't want her stepmom stuck to her all night, so I let her be. Stepmom and dad says in quotes, I don't understand why they both disrespected me like that. He goes on to say they didn't disrespect you. You knew your stepdaughter didn't like birthday parties and you made her one knowing that. Not only that, but I believe you did it for yourself because if you had done it for her, you'd have noticed she wasn't around during the party. Say you are sorry that you love her and you will respect her boundaries and keep the door open if she wants a relationship with you. Opie responds saying, I've been trying to follow this advice for years, but Lucy has never opened the door and a part of me dies every time she ignores me or rejects my advances. She pushes me away when I hug her. To clarify, I don't mean disrespect for leaving, but for not wanting to explain why. And I admit that I got carried away at the party. I'm a party person and I really enjoy them. And one more comment from Headed who says, You thought you and Toby were making a nice gesture celebrating a special birthday. Accept that they don't appreciate the thought and that is fine. Don't continue to chase after them not participating. I'd be more concerned that your husband has no interest in communicating with you. As a parent and a spouse, he should at least have some communication other than shutting you down. This would be the time as an adult for him to say, I slash she, daughter, am slash is, upset, surprised, etc. In response to the party. He has checked out of this marriage with you. Acknowledge, take your son and leave. It will be healthier for all. So then, Opie comes in to update the post around a week or so later, which says, It's been a very difficult week and I thought I'd update you on it. I appreciate all the comments and they were helpful to me in realizing several things. The first is that the party was never really for Lucy. You see, this year I asked my husband to throw me a birthday party. I had high expectations and it turned out to be a small gathering with less than 10 people. No decorations and a supermarket cake since my husband started planning three days before. This party was a redemption for me and I admit it. The second thing is how intrusive I've been with Lucy. But I've been in that girl's life for seven years. I watched her grow up and I love her so it's not easy for me to see how she ignores me. How she rejects my son and the lack of love that she has for us. I apologized to her and she didn't say anything. Two days after my first post, a woman called saying that Lucy didn't attend her therapy session that week. I asked my husband about it and he admitted that she has social anxiety, which made her uncomfortable being at a crowded party, so they left. That broke my heart. I asked my husband why he didn't tell me and he said, she didn't want me to tell you, so I didn't. I couldn't believe it. Last Friday, I got the bill for the party. It was more expensive than I thought, around five figures, and I discussed it with my husband. He couldn't believe that I spent so much and he immediately stipulated that he won't give me a penny since it was my idea and I did it without anyone's permission. We fought about it since I don't have that much and he was adamant. He told me that with that money we could have renovated the house or have a family trip and it's my problem. Upon insisting he said something along the lines of, we weren't even at your stupid party so stop bothering me. We fought about it. I yelled at him that Lucy will never see us as family or see me as a parent if he acts like that. He said that he didn't marry me looking for a new mum for Lucy and that if I keep trying to meddle in our business and doing stupid things, quoting the party, then we are done because he's sick of my stupidity and that I embarrassed them, that it was for me. So I took my son and we left. I haven't received a single call from him. I saw on social media that they went out to dinner. Lucy quoted a good family time and they both looked happy. It's clear that they don't care about us. Toby is inconsolable over all of this and so am I. My mum insists that I find a divorce lawyer, but I think I'm pregnant, not confirmed yet, and I don't want to raise another child with an absent father. Holy moly, when Opie said five figures on the birthday party, I know it's not the be all and end all of this story, but I was like, what? Over 10K? on a birthday party and I think there's going to be future updates on this one you know he said that they think they're pregnant at the end and her mum is insisting that they find a divorce lawyer but what do you guys make of this situation let me know your thoughts down in the comments below and let's move on to another story
0: hi this is Craig Robinson from ways to win
1: I fancy something a bit different with the second story today so I was looking at the malicious compliance subreddit and eGrant03 says can't remove the charge, well I'll just use it then. In the early 2000s when I first moved out on my own, I rented from a complex that charged you for assigned parking, it was an upcharge of $25 a month. If you didn't get assigned parking you'd have to fight for a space on the street. My apartment was in the back of the complex and I was getting over a recent knee and ankle injury. So I opted for the paid parking that was relatively close to my front door. My car was a junker, three years older than I am, but it ran semi-okay and the heater worked. As a newly minted adult, I was happy to have it. About three months into my lease, my car went to the great scrap heap in the sky. I'd gotten used to the local transit system and discovered a nearby store would drop off groceries for me. This was long before Walmart and other stores started doing it, so it was cheaper than figuring a month's supply on the bus. So I opted not to replace the car and utilize the bus pass my work reimbursed me for. I went to my leasing office and told them I no longer needed the space and would you please remove the extra charge from my bill. The manager at the desk was new and had never been asked that before. She promised to look into it and let me know. I was naive and figured it would be gone come next month. Nope. It was still there i paid all but the parking space and called up the complex same girl she said she was awaiting word from the higher-ups and offered me a credit for the charge as a one-time courtesy i reminded her that i no longer owned a car i hadn't just changed my mind i told her that the space had been empty for close to a month now and that i won't be utilizing it she said she understood loud and clear and would get it sorted by next month Three days before rent was due, she finally got back to me. Apparently it was in my lease and couldn't be removed without breaking the lease and signing a new one, even if I didn't move out. The lease breaking and initiation fees would be charged to me, and my rent would go up to the new current market value. This would be over a thousand dollars, so not an option for someone freshly on their own. I kept the parking space on the lease. Three weeks later, I was reviewing my lease to get the phone number for maintenance and notice the clause for the parking space. Essentially, I could park a motorcycle, scooter such as a Vespa, car, truck, SUV or trailer in the space. Gears were turning. For me to be in compliance, I had to have wheels on anything parked in my space. So I went to my local version of Craigslist and found a wheeled container similar to a shipping container. It wasn't cheap, but it was worth every cent. The complex offered storage sheds as an upcharge too. Being fresh out of high school, I didn't have much to store. My neighbor though did. I threw a lock on the unit and offered it to my neighbor for half the cost of a shed. $35 a month. He was able to move his stuff out of his storage unit where he was paying over $100 a month and the container was available 24-7, 365 days a year. He was happy for the arrangement and paid several months in advance. The complex put several tow stickers for out of compliance on the trailer, but I called the tow company and faxed them a copy of the lease where it says trailers are allowed. The container was registered with the county as a utility trailer, so there's nothing they could do. They tried to fine me for improper parking, but again, I had proof I was within my rights. They even offered to remove the charge for parking on my lease if I would relocate the container. With what my neighbor was paying, I could cover my water bill every month, so I declined. I stayed 18 months and sold the trailer to my neighbor when I moved out. He had to rent a cart to relocate it to his assigned space, but he said it was worth the couple of hundred he paid. He ended up saving over $1,000 a year renting from me. Other neighbors even started bringing their own containers too, even if it meant getting a second space. Sheds were being vacated at a large volume. The complex tried to give them away as six months free. Few took them up on it. The complex amended the new leases to exclude trailers, but could do nothing about those that already had them in the spot. Instead of moving out and giving notice, renters would reassign their lease to new people so they could be grandfathered into the trailer clause. I drove by the facility two years or so after I moved out, going to a friend's for Thanksgiving. The complex had been sold to a new owner and changed their name, but wouldn't you know, there were still about a dozen wheeled shipping containers parked in the lot. Edits. There's some confusion and people are fighting. The trailer was small. Think of four dog kennels in a 2x2 configuration. You could fit a table and chairs in there, but you still scrape the ceiling. It was in rough shape. This was back when the dollar store, not Dollar Tree, sold spray paint and I took care of repainting it myself. I negotiated drop off to the complex from the seller. And with the spray paint and delivery, I think I was out like $700. Keep in mind, this is not the massive 40-foot trailer picture I posted a few times as a reference. It's that style of trailer. Registering the trailer was super duper cheap, like around $30 and possibly even less. When I sold it to my neighbor, I got $300 or so for it. I took a lot, but without a car, I didn't want it, and he approached me first when he found out I was moving. There were a number of colleges and universities near where I rented, most leases banned subleasing, but, but lease changeovers were commonplace. You go to the complex and tell management. I'm done renting here, but instead of breaking the lease, my friend is going to do the rest of my term. You usually didn't get the deposit back as it stayed with a new renter, but you didn't get an exorbitant pay-a-lease break fine. It also kept the apartment seamlessly occupied, without tenant gaps, which most places needed. If they sold the trailer to the next guy or to their neighbor, I am uncertain. I wasn't privy to those decisions all i know is two years later they were no longer xyz complex but under a different name and a dozen or so trailers still remained as for the 18 months i stayed one year in a lease six months at month to month in my state amendments to leases require you to enter into a new leasing term and that was not going to happen i don't remember if they charged a month-to-month fee if i didn't renew my lease as it was close to 20 years ago I've been month to month for three years at the place I've been living for four. Some places charge one, some don't. Rent can still go up, but changes to the lease that are substantial cannot take place until I sign a new lease agreement. I've had to look up laws and advocate for myself a lot because of BS like this. The tow company was mom and pop. They were not predatory and I knew that multiple illegal tows could get their license pulled. The minute that first tow sign went up, I was practically shoving my paperwork down their face. No way could they play the ignorance card after that. They still exist to this day and now have multiple locations. In fact, they are assigned to TOA for my current complex too, ironically. Finally, storage sheds or units are required by my state to be month to month. It's a state law that goes back to at least the 1980s, and I have to memorize a lot of laws regarding storage for my job. So the apartment couldn't force anyone to keep their sheds, so my neighbor canceled at the end of this month. Great guy. Lived in a three bed with a set of twins, one boy, one girl. And I kind of don't get what they were expecting, that they're going to charge you for something you don't need anymore. You know, you ain't got a car, you told them this. You don't need it. But they're going to continue to charge you for it, and then they're surprised when you find a use for it, and actually making some money on the side at the same time. And now they've ended up losing all this money every single month because they were too stubborn to just remove it the first time around. Wowzers. There was a lot of comments below that one saying, "Oh, this gives me an idea. What has OP started? <laughs> Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below and let's have another little cheeky story before we finish up. And our next story comes from Nico de Mouse who says, am I the asshole for telling my producer slash boss the way he's filming a commercial slash indie film I'm working on is not going to appeal to young people. I'll make this very short because my mum says I need to apologize. I say I was doing my job, She says, since she got me the job, her ass is on the line too. I'm working as a PA for a director who is shooting a national commercial that will appear on YouTube. He has permission from his agency to shoot B-roll for an independent film he's working on while we're in prep for the main shoot. The trouble is, he's like 60 and the commercial is for late teens, early 20s and his indie movie is about a TikToker who is starting a band. The way he's shooting it sucks and no one is going to watch his ad and his indie film is so nonsense. I gave him some advice on Friday and he was rude and he told me he didn't want to hear it. I repositioned some cameras yesterday and he said I fucked everything up and then yesterday I told the actor that maybe if they slowed down a bit it would have more impact. The director said either I stop meddling and apologize or don't come back tomorrow, today. I said he needed to apologize for swearing at me and making me feel unsafe. He told me to get off his set and don't come back. This is when I went and told my mum, and she said I was way overstepping and I needed to apologize. And if I want to stay working in an entertainment, I need to realize I'm not an expert yet. I was trying to do my job, so I'm having a hard time understanding what I did wrong. Am I the asshole? Now, as some of you may or may not know, my previous job before I was doing this whole YouTube thing was content creation as well. Not quite to the high level of directors or or anything like that, but I was left to my own devices to work with photographers and, and videographers to make various videos for a company. And this just feels so disrespectful to me. I can't believe you touched the cameras. I was like, what the hell? And the only thing I can really compare it to myself is I remember one particular video I was working on and I spent ages coming up with this vision for this one particular promotional video, like the shots that I wanted. I had this idea of shooting this machine like as one hole then taking the side off it but leaving the cameras in the same position. So, you know, you can fade out and you can mask in certain bits like while the machine's working, that you could like have a hole in the side of it and see the machine working on the inside. And because the camera's in the same position, You can remove bits of the machine as the video is playing kind of thing, if that makes sense. I spent ages coming up with like um, a storyboard for this particular video. And the videographer that I was working with that day was a different one from my usual one. And basically, he kept trying to overrule anything that I was saying. And he was saying, you know, I'm the videographer. I I sort of know what's best. So maybe you should do it like this. And whilst, you know, as I said, I'm not, I wasn't a director. I'm not high level position or anything like that. And I do appreciate advice sometimes, but the way this guy was coming across was trying to totally overrule everything and totally throwing out everything that I had written on this storyboard. And whilst I do appreciate someone with experience in videography and obviously they've shot a lot of stuff, it wasn't what I needed at that particular time. And in the end, I said, can you just stop, please? I need to get this done because it's was wasting so much time as well. I later found out that my boss has had several issues with that particular person anyway. But anyway, yeah. I'd find that incredibly frustrating what you was doing in this and disrespectful as well. But Dwayne says, yeah, you're the arsehole. If you're a PA, your job is answering emails and organizing his calendar, not weighing in on his creative decisions, moving equipment from where he wants it or telling the actors how to perform. Goth Penguin says, you're the arsehole. PA doesn't mean tell the director or the actor what they need to do differently. It doesn't mean repositioning cameras or acting like you know more than the people around you. If you want to keep your job, learn your place. Fred replies, that saying, gotta love the repositioning cameras bit. I'm not in the business, but my understanding is that absolutely nobody should do that on their own initiative, except the director. Not a grip, not a cinematographer, nobody. Grip, maybe, if there was a safety issue, I guess. The director's PA? Inconceivable. The director, I believe, would have been the cinematographer, and a grip do the actual positioning and related adjustments. Sorry, but I can't see any role for a PA in this process. By the way, my coffee is cold. Go get me a fresh hot cup, right? And one more comment from Whiz, who says you're the arsehole. Your job is to assist the director to execute his vision. Your job is not to make your own creative decisions or to give him advice. Your job is certainly not to give the actor's direction. You are literally the least important person on the set and your opinion carries no weight. That's what a PA job is. You acted like an arse and delayed production, so a natural consequence of that is the director yelling at you. You're the one who owes him an apology, not the other way around. He's already being kinder than he needs to be by giving you the opportunity to apologize and come back to work. A lot of people wouldn't bother. If you think you can keep your ego in check and do as you're told, you need to go back and apologize. And now I'm going to turn this one to you guys. Are you guys in this industry at all? Let us know your thoughts down in the comments below. Now, just a huge thank you from the bottom of my heart for getting involved in today's stories. Your love, support and time always means the absolute world to me. So thank you so much for being involved. And hopefully I will see you in the next one. Take care and much love.